Welcome to Coach B Daily. I'm Coach B Moore. In this podcast, I like to share information that will help us achieve our health, athletic performance, and body goals more efficiently, which of course means to get more progress with the same or less effort or in the same or less time. Today, I got a story for you that involves uh, choices that I've made that make me complicit in the demise of our environment and how I plan on fixing it. Before I get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to Coach B Daily on iTunes or Google Play. Also, I'd love to get a star rating or a review from you so I know how to fix the show, how to make it better, how to make it more of what you like. Uh, Also, send me your questions and feedback to this or any topic at Coach B Moore on Instagram or Twitter, C-O-A-C-H-B-E-M-O-O-R-E. Also, you can follow this conversation on Facebook.com slash Eating for Abs or eatingforabs.com where you can find out more about working with me directly. Paper or plastic? It's a phrase we've all heard several times. We go into a grocery store, we hear the guy asks us, paper or plastic? What do we want our groceries wrapped in? Now, there are three things that have precipitated this story. Number one, in April, a whale in Spain washed up on the shore, dying or dead. And he was dying, if not dead already, because he had ingested 64 pounds of plastic swimming in the ocean. And that tore up his intestines and all types of bacteria and stuff, and whale died. He's on the beach in Spain. The second thing that precipitates the story is National Geographic published a, an awesome new magazine cover, the story called Plastic or Planet. And the article uh, subtitle was, We Made Plastic, We Depend on It, and Now We're Drowning in It. And third, the third thing that precipitates this story is I've been aware for years of this area in the Pacific Ocean called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It basically is an area the size of Texas in the Pacific Ocean where plastic and other floating debris and trash have been gathered due to the currents of the ocean. But you see video, if you just go to YouTube and, and, and check it out, you can uh, or Google it, you can find, just, just check out the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and you'll see the issue and what we've got going. So here are some statistics that you need to be aware of. There are 9.2 billion tons of plastic that we have made since the invent of plastic in the 1950s. Uh, Since then, over 6.9 billion tons are now waste. And of that 6.9 billion tons of plastic that we've created and that are now waste, of that, 6.3 billion tons have never made it to recycling, which means as we go and buy the next plastic thing, it's typically not from plastics that we've already made and refined and that will take a thousand years to decompose, if ever. Instead, it's new plastics that we're still ordering and buying to feed the demand that we have for all the things that we use plastics for. So a lot of that stuff ends up in the ocean and it's breaking down slowly into what's called microplastics and being ingested by sea life, effectively entering our food chain and also harming the sea life. It's no good. Which brings me to my visit to the grocery store the other day. I got to the register after going shopping, and I'm aware of my plastic consumption. It's something that I've always been aware of. I sometimes do more to correct it than other times. But I got to the front of the register, and there was a teenager working the register. And I was there with my wife. And uh, the guy says to me after I put my groceries on the on the conveyor, he says, will plastic be good for you today? 
And again, those three things were fresh in my mind. The, the whale story, um, the fact that of, the, of the area uh, in the Pacific, as well as the National Geographic of itself, is fresh in my mind. And so he says, will plastic be good for you today? So I asked him, because I'm a talker, <laughs> as you can tell. I said, hey, let me ask you something. Why did you phrase it that way? So he goes to explain to me, well, sir, sometimes people prefer, you know, plastic or paper. So we ask. I say, yeah, I get that. But I'm asking you, why did you phrase it the way you did? See, you said, will plastic be good for you? And I darn near might as well have gotten kicked in the leg by my wife because she's like, he has no idea what you're talking about. And I'm thinking, I communicate pretty clearly. I'm, I'm asking him not about the choice of do I want paper or plastic. I'm simply asking him, why did you say, will plastic be good for you? Because that's the same phrase I've heard over and over at this particular store. So clearly, I think he's been taught that. But I want to hear him say that he's been taught that or acknowledge something. Uh, not that I'm indicting him of anything, but I just want to hear what your experience is. Is this part of your training? Da, 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 da. And he totally was, you know, I was talking either way below his knees or way above his head. He, we were not on the same wavelength because... He tried again to explain to me the choice between paper and plastic, and I, I let it go. Now, here's where it gets interesting. My wife is a graphic designer, and one of her clients is the biggest supermarket chain in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. And in this particular store, she does a lot of the stuff that you'll ever see designed there. If you're either in the corporate level, so the employee handbooks, the internal website. If you're there on Earth Day in the, in the market, you'll see stuff. Um, if you're at the point of sale to register, you'll see stuff. If you're on the internet and they've got advertisements. And also, as, as happened last year this time, we were at a rest stop and a gentleman walked up and he had been to that super supermarket and he had the grocery store bag in his hand in the rest stop. And she started freaking out. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I designed that bag. He's carrying the grocery bag that I designed, you know, for Earth Day. Da, 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 da. OK, cool. Got it. Nice. Well, anyway, she's currently working on an, uh, yet another redesign of the grocery store bag. And on the bag, as she begins to tell me, since I have to now let this teenager go in our conversation, she's telling me while he's ringing, ringing us up that, well, they're currently redesigning the bag uh, in order to encourage recycling. And so we walk out the store and, you know, we talk about recycling of the bags and all kind of stuff and how the grocery bags are an issue. Um, and we walk past the, there's a recycling bin as you walk into the store, which is cool. That's great. Because, you know, what I've come to learn is I can't recycle those bags in my town's recycling bin. You can't put those in there. But you can take them to the grocery store on your way back and you can put them inside the bin and, and they'll either recycle them into other bags, I guess. Or I know that there are many third party businesses who take those bags and turn them into things like park benches and, and other bags and all types of stuff, which is great. So my issue, though, was that this young man is working at the supermarket and we're saying, hey, on the bag itself, we're telling you to recycle the bag that's coming up. But my point is that's, that's not enough. That's not going to work because nobody reads the freaking bag. Maybe somebody does. I don't read the bag. I don't care what's on the bag. I don't read the bag. Instead, I take the bags and I ball them up and I put all the smaller bags into one bag and then ends up under my sink or in my pantry somewhere until at some point I decide this bundle of bags has gotten too big and I'm either going to be lazy and 
you know, just shove it down further or I'm going to go ahead and actually put it in my trunk. And then it's my trunk for a month. And then I decide eventually I get tired of sitting in my trunk and I take it into the grocery store and put it into the recycling bin. So my point was the culture of the store itself is complicit in the recycling or non-recycling of this thing. Meaning this young man and every other red person at the register who helps me to check out my groceries always asks me, will plastic be good for you today? The assumption being that, yes, plastic will be good for me. It's the, it's the assumed option. Why? Because most people don't like saying no. They're not confrontational. We're not a confrontational people. Some of us are. I probably am. But, uh, you know, the phrasing itself is part of the culture, and culture trumps logic, which is the point. People don't like saying no. So to address this problem that we all have, we just need to understand that it's a thing. And quite honestly, I'm harping on about consumer plastics, but we're not the biggest offender. Number one, uh, the biggest offender is plastics made in the use in use for construction, um, I guess, construction materials and, and, uh, and building materials and things like that. That's the biggest area for which plastic is being constructed. And we need to engage cultures is my point. Just as in regular nutrition coaching, we talk about how the culture of your family or the culture of your household is what creates the mountain. And if we want to disassemble the mountain or we want to move the mountain, we've got to change the culture. Just simply knowing the information isn't enough. That's why uh, self-help books don't work. It's why we keep on buying them. They don't work. There's a culture that you have to address, and that often requires more than just knowledge. It requires the information of how to apply that knowledge and in what order and some accountability and some partnership and all these things can't happen. That's culture. These things can't happen just with knowledge. It has to go way further than that. So that's the deal. Um, and the last thing I wanted to, want to tell you was I did some reading about the whole thing, and I'm going to make some changes at home. And uh, in my reading, I found this community of people who are zero waste people, which means they're people who are incensed about our impact on our environment, as we all should be. And they look to reduce the amount of waste coming from their house. Now, one thing I didn't know was that a lot of the waste that we send to the trash, even though it's biodegradable, will never degrade because there's no oxygen inside of landfill. The stuff is all really compacted well down. So even though we send, let's say, banana peels to the dump, that stuff will stay banana peel for a long, long time. So I'm going to get to it. There are five principles I found from the zero waste community of things that we can do, principles we could live by that will work towards helping our environment, helping us to cause less damage to our environment. And our environment is hugely important to us and to our children and to generations to come as we continue to create things that are harmful and that stay for a very long time like plastics. So here are the five principles from the zero waste experts. Number one, refuse, refuse to buy things with lots of packaging. And again, I know that the construction um, industry is where most of it's happening, but we all have our own vote. We all have our own voice in what happens. And so the, what we can do at our homes to, uh, make change, even on a small level, and we can tell our kids about it, is a big deal. So when you go to the grocery store, you don't have to put all of your veggies in an individual plastic bag. Like They can actually pick them up and ring them up if they're not in the plastic bag. 
Also, if you go to, you can take it a step further and go to the farmer's market, go to the CSA where there you can refuse the plastics or you can, you know, often you can buy, use the little compressed paper crates and they reuse those and bring your own bag, which is great. Bring your own, bring your, bring your own plastic bags, reuse the plastic bags. The second thing is reduce. Don't buy things you don't really need. Plastic is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's in everything. And the more we continue to buy and then destroy, the more has to be produced and the stuff stays on the planet forever. Third, reuse, which is repurpose worn out items. Shop for used goods and purchase reusable products like steel or glass water bottles. I I saw this in play mostly on travel. When I go to South America, which I've been several times, I see it a lot more there where people really live by the credo. They, they reuse stuff. Like, why do I need another, yet another thing when this one is perfect? It's, it's fine. I reuse the glass bottle that the milk came in, let's say, and I use it for a water bottle or, or whatever, but I've got it and I don't need a whole lot. Or I go to the market now and get it refilled. We don't do enough of that in my house. I can do better. Uh, number four, compost. Up to 80% of waste by weight is organic and rarely decomposes in landfills because there's no oxygen oxygen circulating. So composting, you put things in compost bin like onion peels or unused portions of vegetables or uneaten portions of meals that don't include meat or oils. Um, all this stuff will biodegrade. Even shredded newspaper will all biodegrade and you can turn it into soil with a little bit of work. Um, in your backyard, you can put a bin. Or there are services that you can say they'll deliver just like they do your recycle bin. They'll deliver a compost bin and you put that stuff in there. They'll pick it up every week or every other week and they will often deliver back to you a bag of soil with the equivalent amount of soil that uh, comes from the amount that you have composted, which is fantastic. And number five is recycle. Talk, touched on this a little earlier. Uh, it still takes some energy and resources to recycle, but it's better than sending stuff to the landfill and allowing it to become trash. So that's the deal. Uh, in Eating for Abs, in my course, we have, uh, and in my coaching, we've got a four-pillar system for effective, long-lasting change, and that is environment, activity, rest, and nutrition. Environment is huge, hugely important, and it's a big part of our progress and of our future happiness and longevity. That's it for today. I hope all is well. Thank you so much for checking out Coach B Daily. I'm Coach B Moore, and I will talk to you tomorrow.